1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Every time I heard an announcer or an analyst mention the phrase or the words week eight, (laughs) it kind of smacked me in the face. I can't believe it's the last weekend in October and we're already into week eight. Have you taken a gander? No one says that. I don't know why it just popped into my head, but it did. Jay's already laughing at me. We've gone a good 45 seconds into the show and Jay's already laughing at me. Just be ready for that. Have you taken a gander? I got to say it again just so you know. I really meant it. At the landscape in the NFL. Now into week number eight, and we are waiting for another game on Monday night, which will be fun because the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell are involved. Not that we're overlooking the Raiders, of course, and Jimmy Garoppolo will play. Oh, but that's the perfect segue into what in the heck is happening with the quarterbacks in the NFL. It is scary right now. And by scary, I mean, we can't get through a weekend without two or three of them coming out of the game, being declared out for the week, and in some cases, the worst possible cases, gone for the season. The Minnesota Vikings don't know for sure, but their fear is a torn Achilles for Kirk Cousins. Which stinks. It was bad enough that they lost Justin Jefferson. And they certainly deserve to lose those few games early in the year when they weren't taking care of the football. You are what your record says you are in the NFL. You are. I don't blame officials. There's no committee that determines who makes the playoffs. No, your record and how you play on any given Thursday, Sunday, Monday – Determines your status in the NFL. The Vikings had finally found a groove. They'd finally felt like they were making forward progress, to use a football term. Three wins in a row, back to 500, and don't look now, but only a couple games behind in the loss column behind the Lions, even without Justin Jefferson. You know the glue that held them together throughout all of this? Kirk Cousins. And I don't mean on the field necessarily, though he's been playing extremely well. Did you see how he was torching the Packers on third down on Sunday? At one point on third down alone, he was 10 for 11. He is sneaky good. If for no other reason than... He's got a ton of experience and he's learned like a Matthew Stafford actually to use that example when Matthew got traded to LA and how quickly he developed a rapport with his receivers. Peyton Manning was notorious for how hard he worked with his receivers. Kirk Cousins has done that. Even though a a good group of his receivers has turned over the last few years. For instance, no Adam Thielen anymore, right? That's just one example. But it's not just him. Was Stephon Diggs there when he got there? Anyway, there's just been a lot of turnover on the offense. No more Dalvin Cook, right? There's just been a bunch of changes around him. He's the glue for the Vikings. And they had finally gotten back to 500. They knew they're going to win this game, right? And On a couple of different sacks. Now, it it doesn't look as though the injury happened on the sack. It actually is pretty apparent that as Cousins was crashing to the ground, well, crumpling to the ground, going to the ground, trying to avoid fumbling the ball on a sack in the fourth quarter, that he felt something happen with his ankle or with his Achilles. It was pretty obvious that it, He felt something different when he pushed off. So it wasn't really about the sacks. But they already knew they were going to win the game over the Packers at that point. Because Green Bay is, they're a bit of a disaster right now. Especially in the first half. So Kirk had done everything he needed to do to help the Vikings pick up another win And like every one of these season-ending injuries, whether quarterback or defensive back, whether pass rusher or offensive lineman, it's cruel, right? One foul step and your season's done. And that is the nature of sports. It's certainly the nature of football. But Kirk Cousins has kept this team together through all of the changes, all of the turnover. Brand new coaches in two years ago. I know that many people look at the Vikings and Cousins as a disappointment, right? They'll set you up. They can win regular season games, but they're not a threat to win a Super Bowl or to really contend. And they've earned that reputation. The Vikings have earned that reputation. But Kirk Cousins is doing everything he can to change that. And he's sneaky good, he's steady takes care of the football most of the time, and he's made the offense in Minnesota better. And so that completely sucks for Kirk. I know a lot of people see him differently because of the quarterback series on Netflix with everything he's gone through. The man takes a beating. And so how ironic that his injury, again, suspected torn Achilles for Kirk Cousins, comes on a non-contact. Ugh, just stinks. But he's not the only one. We will await word on Kenny Pickett. We don't know his status. But for the Steelers against the Jaguars. And the offense is still a work in progress. I was kind of disappointed actually. So give the Jaguars all the credit. But I was disappointed that the Steelers offense didn't pick up where it left off last week. You guys remember the two fourth quarter touchdowns. And I felt like. (laughs) The offense matured and grew up. And I made that point multiple times on the air last week. Except it didn't really carry over. Yeah, the Jaguars have won five in a row. They're the hottest team in football right now. Ooh, say that out loud. The Jaguars are the hottest team in football right now. Kind of sounds weird, doesn't it? (laughs) It sounds weird coming off the tongue. But yeah, Jacksonville has five wins in a row. Also, while we're talking about streaking, the Jets have three wins in a row. That doesn't sound as weird as the Bengals have three wins in a row because we were kind of waiting on them. The Vikings also have three wins in a row. And so it's just this weird mixed bag. But for the Steelers, I thought they might pick up where they left off and use last week's fourth quarter as a springboard in this game against the Jaguars. And it didn't really happen. So I didn't see the carryover from the game against the Rams. Now that was in LA. It was on the road. They just looked smarter and more adult. There were adults in the room, if you will. And yet against Jacksonville, didn't see that. But a large part of it is because 17 seconds to go in the first half. There's a late hit that wasn't flagged. It certainly did look and feel like a late hit, as is defined by the NFL these days. Pickett gets driven to the ground. And right away, you can tell he's in a lot of pain. At first, I thought it might be a shoulder. But the team... Declared him out with a rib injury. And so we don't know his status. And last, The last that I had heard or read, Mike Tomlin didn't have anything definitive to say about his status. But man, another setback for the Steelers offense. Ms. Trubisky, he comes in, plays the second half, but gets intercepted on two of his last three Possessions. And there's also a failed fourth down attempt. So it's kind of hard to gauge the Steelers' offense, but we didn't see it much in the first half. Jaguars are playing extremely, extremely good football right now. And they're 4 0 on the road, which is also impressive. So we don't know about Kenny Pickett. Don't yet know about Tyrod Taylor. And this is a problem only until Daniel Jones is ready. But he wasn't ready for this week with the neck injury. And neck injury obviously scary. But he's not back yet. And so we get Tommy DeVito. Jay, tell the truth. You're a Giants fan. What did you know about Tommy DeVito before the game against the Jets on Sunday?
1: I didn't know that he couldn't throw a pass in the NFL, but... I you guess did, I learned that. You didn't know that? Didn't know that. He's a quarterback. I figured he'd be able to throw, but no. I guess they actually didn't correlated. want
2: him to throw. It looked like they wanted everything but DeVito to throw. Crazy. It, I, I wished that they'd won the game in overtime just so we could say a team with minus yards <laughs> passing won a game in the NFL. They lost in overtime. But I seriously wanted that so badly. Oh, and I wanted it for you, of course. No,
1: well, thank you. But I was thinking how we all won when that one was just over. So...
2: And it went into overtime, right? The one of the worst games of the weekend. And and we'll talk more about it, but it went into overtime because yes, we definitely need more of that. So we don't know about Tyrod Taylor. Haven't heard anything definitive about Daniel Jones yet. He's obviously still working through the rehab and and trying to get back to the point where he can play. So Tyrod Taylor's not a huge issue if you have you have Daniel Jones. But, man, if they have to move forward with, I mean, I I don't know. I might rather have Saquon Barkley as the, isn't he the emergency backup? He is. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What a mess. Gosh, what a mess. And Taylor had been, uh, Tyrod was taken to the hospital for further evaluation. Again, rib injury. Certainly looked like a shoulder initially. But for both Pickett and Tyrod, it was rib injury that was given. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. It's Kind of depressing, huh? To start week eight like this, but there are a lot of positives. It's another brutal weekend for quarterbacks. And as I was thinking about it and, and kind of going through what we've seen so far in the NFL through, and not even entirely through eight weeks. But we're getting close to the midway point. No buys this week, so everybody on schedule. But everything from Aaron Rodgers four snaps in to Deshaun Watson not being able to play right now, and his definitely is a shoulder, to what we've seen with the Colts and their rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson. He's done for the year with shoulder surgery. The Tennessee Titans... Don't have Ryan Tannehill because of the ankle. Although, amazing day for the rookie, Will Levis. Did you know Will is the seventh rookie quarterback to start this year? The seventh. Some of those were playing. Many of them were not. Seven rookie quarterbacks to start this season. It'd be kind of fun if you could name them all right off the top. Anthony Richardson was one. He's no longer on the field. Ryan Tannehill, unable to play. We did see, what was it, one snap of Malik Willis, and that was the end of that from Mike Vrabel. The Raiders have had three different quarterbacks play for them. We talked about Tyrod Taylor, spelling Daniel Jones, Taylor going out. The Vikings now may have to have a rookie quarterback start. How about that? We could have eight rookie quarterback start games this year. The Bears are using a rookie in Tyson, uh, Tyler Bajent. Wait, Tyson or Tyler? It is Tyson. Always go with your first answer. The Falcons. I I don't know if you'd call it a benching of Desmond Ritter, but he didn't come back after he was cleared from concussion protocol on Sunday. Welcome back, Taylor Heineke. Kind of weird to see him somewhere else besides D.C. D.C. actually might be wishing they had him back. Do you think he would have replaced Sam Howell by now? Poor Sam. He had one hell of a game until he didn't. Oh. We know the Saints have had Derek Carr on and off the field. They got a big win today. Congratulations to the Panthers and Bryce Young, though he's not made every start, but they finally were able to put the pieces together. I tell you this it's just as challenging to go 0 and 17 as it is to go 17 and 0. It's it's nigh impossible to do either one in the NFL. It is some kind of chaos. And and with the rules being the way they are in the NFL, they're designed to protect quarterbacks. And yet somehow that's not happening. Now, granted, a lot of them are not injury; Not all of them are injuries that come via contact. But man, the four today, and, and then counting, including Ryan Tannehill, who couldn't play. And so there's another rookie starting there. It's just, it's if I'm a fan, I'm holding my breath, wondering which quarterbacks are next. And as much as I do think the rules are already tilted in favor of the offense, I would agree with you on that. I don't think I'd go as far as Tom Brady's assessment that we're watching flag football, because that's not true. There are some still some vicious hits, some violent play, And it can be done legally, though it's more challenging for the defense. But I can understand. I may not agree with it, but I can definitely understand why the NFL and why owners who make up the NFL brain trust, why they want more rules to protect quarterbacks. Because sometimes it doesn't matter what you do. They still go out. And we're watching games. Now, Zach Wilson's gotten better, but not great. (laughs) Just for fun, I don't know if it's more fun or makes you want to throw up, but just for fun, I got to give you a couple of stats from the Jets-Giants game. And this is Tyrod Taylor, Tommy DeVito, Zach Wilson. They were 0 for 18 combined on third down in the first half. There wasn't a single third down conversion in the first half between the two teams. For the game, are you ready for this? Seriously, you may want to plug your nose Or put your fingers in your ears and go, la, 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 loud noises. Stings
1: the nostrils.
2: For the game, the Jets and Giants were 4 of 34 on third down. No, that's just disgusting. These are professional football teams. I know the weather was gross, trust me, because I live 15 minutes north of MetLife and the weather was gross. But, come on. 4 of 34 on third down? Here's another one, 24 total punts. People paid money to watch that. Jay, could you imagine if you had bought tickets? First of all, you'd be sitting in the brutal rain. Second of all, rain and wind, and it was cold. It was actually temps, uh, wind chills in the 40s on Sunday. But could you imagine if you had watched two teams between them, only four third-down conversions? Out of thirty-four, and then twenty-four punts.
1: There is no way I could. You could have paid me to go to that stadium yesterday. The rain, the wind, the Sunday. cold, the dance. Sunday. Oh my gosh! And then to then a game like that. How how anyone could have sat through that entire game until the end of the overtime is
2: beyond me. Oh my gosh! Nothing happened. Tw- <laughs> Nothing happened. Hey, the punters earned their money. Oh, they were good. Twenty-four total punts. Oh my gosh! And yeah. The Jets get a late field goal in the fourth quarter and an overtime field goal to tie and then to win the game. But the Giants had minus nine passing yards net minus nine. They actually did have quarterbacks on the field minus nine passing yards. And as much as you can laugh about that, the Jets, I mean, they had forward yardage, but they couldn't convert a third down to save their lives. Brutal. So I, want to say, I don't want to speak for no one because I'm sure there were people that were really happy for Tommy DeVito, but come on. When you have quarterbacks who get injured like this, this is supposed to be Aaron Rodgers versus Daniel Jones, but theoretically. Those two quarterbacks would have been on the field. Instead, it's not that at all. It's in some cases a watered-down version of football when you're down to your second and third quarterback. So again, my point is, I can understand why the NFL makes such a big stink about trying to prevent to protect their QBs. It's not just about the monetary investment, though there's part of that as well. It's about the entertainment value. My goodness, sometimes it's just not entertaining. Ask the Vikings how it looked or Vikings fans how it looked after Kirk Cousins left, though it was only half a quarter. Ask the Steelers fans, how it looked after Kenny Pickett was knocked out in the first half. It's rough. It's rough. I don't advocate for more rules that protect quarterbacks, but I can understand why they're leaning that direction more and more. Week eight. And we're just getting started. We're going a little heavy on some of the storylines on this Sunday. And there were some doozies. Niners have dropped three in a row. Chiefs with a gut check moment. The Tyreek Hill goal of 2,000 receiving yards. He's halfway there, you guys. It's a lot to get to. Really excited about it, as always. Football floats my boat. You can find me on Twitter, Radio. Love to hear from you. Also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope your weekend was exactly what you needed. We'll dive into Sunday night football because one quarterback, at least, was locked in. Kind of fun to see Justin Herbert chucking and ducking.
1: Let's get it, baby. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Pistol formation now with Eckler behind Herbert. Rolling to his right, sets his feet. There's the screen to Eckler, makes the first man miss. And there's Eckler, left sideline to the 20, 15, 10, lowers the shoulder. Into the end zone, touchdown, Touchdown, Chargers. Austin Eckler, 39 yards. To the right, Keenan and Quinton to the left. Eckler in the backfield on third down. Now Quinton in motion, left to right. Herbert to throw. And on the crosser, how about it? (laughs) Into the end zone, touchdown, Chargers. Simi Fajoko. How about Simi getting in on the action? Off the field, on the money, and after hours, it's time to talk football with Amy Lawrence.
2: This is exactly what the Chargers needed on Sunday night at SoFi Stadium. Racing out early. Four straight first-half scoring drives. You hear the calls there with Matt Smith on Chargers radio. A 24-point first half. Now, against the Chicago Bears, Maybe you don't give them a whole lot of credit for taking care of business, but I do think it's important when you're the Chargers and you find creative and unique ways to lose that you actually take care of your business and don't cough up a win against a, an opponent that is starting a Division Two undrafted free agent quarterback. Right. So do what you're supposed to do. I think a sign of a team that's maturing, a sign of a team that's building – A winning culture, a sign of a team that is primed to be a contender. And remember, the Chargers made the playoffs last year, but had that awful collapse, historic collapse against the Jaguars. But a team that doesn't let up against opponents that you match up well with. I don't want to say lesser opponents, just because a team has a losing record doesn't always mean something. But in the case of the Bears, they're without their starting quarterback. And we know that they're on the roster, that they are devoid of talent in some areas, devoid of top flight talent in some areas. Right? So the Bears are not a good team. For the Chargers to not play down to the level of their competition... Shows me something. I don't know if they can sustain it. I don't know if this is a a change or if it's just this week. But the Chargers needed this. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Life not quite as early. Oh, sorry. Life not quite as easy for Tyson Bajan in his second career start. He gets picked off twice in this game, including one late in the fourth quarter to be sure that the Bears weren't mounting any type of a comeback. But this was really about how the Chargers looked in sync on both sides of the ball. And Justin Herbert, excellent. Fluid, comfortable, makes it look easy. He can do that. The accuracy, the arm strength, the, the command of the game. And I think you're seeing him more consistently do that. The longer he's in the NFL, that stands to reason with young quarterbacks. It's just that a lot of times the team itself is not so good, right? And they waste opportunities or they have these kind of brain fart moments, if you will. Even teams can have those, did you know? Uh, you get 298 yards, three touchdowns, and no sacks of Herbert.
0: When he's playing like that, he's going to have numbers like that where you see 31 of 40 for 300 Three touchdowns no interceptions but just thought his feet and his eyes were working together and you know that's when he's at his best and uh, our guys did a good job protecting the passer uh, and our receivers and tight ends backs um, really did a good job I thought he was able to check it down a couple times and keep drives moving Uh, I thought on third down we were pretty good Um, so you know a big time performance by him tonight.
1: I thought we had a great plan you know I I thought our coaches did a great job um, putting us in a position to win and we went out there and executed and um, you know, I thought we moved the ball in, you know, all four all four quarters. So that was great to see. And, um, you know, it was a team victory, all three phases. So I was proud of the guys today.
2: As for the Chicago Bears, they saw Austin Eckler go over 100 yards. He had a score as well. They really didn't have much answer for anything that the Chargers wanted to do. And honestly, the passing game was working so well. They didn't really emphasize rushing the ball. They used Eckler a lot more in the passing attack. Sometimes that can simulate a run game. But Keenan Allen mixed in there as well. Quentin Johnson, Donald Parham, Josh Palmer. Herbert was able to spread the ball around a bunch, which is critical. And then there were the occasional shots of Justin Fields on the sidelines. Gosh. Gosh. I really was hoping that this season he would be healthy, able to get through and we could see what he might do. And I know there were some rockier games earlier where he was frustrated with the coaching and feeling like he couldn't use his instincts and blah, blah, blah. But kind of like last year when they let him go, when they let him be a little freer, his numbers were astronomical and the Bears looked a lot better. Now, the wins didn't necessarily follow, and then he got hurt. Well, that's what's happened this year, too. They open it up a little bit, but he gets hurt. It's hard sometimes to advocate for letting your quarterback run free. If you love something, set it free. <laughs> Just, it's hard to advocate for that when what happens? Quarterbacks keep getting hurt. He keeps getting hurt. Running quarterbacks very often get hurt. Because they're taking unnecessary risks. They're putting themselves out there to get hit. And so for the Bears, I'm sure this is frustrating. The fallout, I guess it remains to be seen. But that's not the Chargers problem, right? Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. The Chargers have their own problems. (laughs) But Tyson Bajant is one of those, hey, welcome back to Earth. (laughs) He looked a little bit like an NFL alien. And... The fact that he was able to get the start, again, is huge. And I know he's got a lot of confidence. But, yeah, this was a little more, like, reality for the Bears quarterback.
1: It was a mix. I feel like I did – I feel like there were a lot of plays where, you know, I'm getting through my reads and making the correct uh, throws. And then I think there are a couple where, um, you know, I haven't watched the film yet, but thinking off the top of my head where I did um, maybe force the issue a little bit. Um, So got to do a better job of that going forward.
2: Packers and Bears have two wins each. They're at the bottom of the NFC North. Although the Packers have four consecutive losses, so they may be in dire straits. More so than the Bears. Vikings lose their starting quarterback today, we believe. And then there's the Lions. Wow, has that division really changed? Thought it was wide open. Thought maybe we would see the Vikings come out with a little hotter start this season, but now they're back to 500 just without Kirk Cousins. I don't want to say there's no hope because that's not fair. And the trade deadline is coming up. Can you think of a backup quarterback that would be a hot commodity in a trade? The problem is with every team seemingly on a high alert because there's so many quarterbacks going down, does any team dare trade its backup quarterback? and this is I'm just throwing this out there. So don't think that I'm advocating for this. But if you're the Vikings and you've won 3 in a row, the problem is of course that it's the offense is built around Kirk and he knows it really well and he navigates it really well. But do teams like the Vikings potentially reach out to Dallas about Trey Lance? He's just hanging out right now. He's not their backup QB at least not the last I checked. I thought he was the emergency QB and Cooper Rush is the backup QB. We'll we'll get to the Dallas Cowboys coming up. They looked real good again. And, And Dak looked fantastic on Sunday. But yeah, if you're a team out there that has lost your starting quarterback, do you reach out to the Cowboys? Do you trying to think where else there's a viable starting QB. Do you reach out to the Falcons? There's no way the Falcons are trading Taylor Heineke. They don't even know if they want Desmond Ritter on the field. Where is there a viable starting quarterback available for trade? Or are you going the free agent route? And And that, of course, is risk too. I guess if Aaron Rodgers comes back by the end of the year, <laughs> gosh, every video of Aaron Rodgers out there throwing – As if he's, as if he is, really does glow in the dark. And every time he glows in the dark, he heals in the dark. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know if it's real or not. I will say it's obvious he's healing more quickly than what is generally the rule with torn Achilles. But to actually be ready to play and push off. I don't know about that. All right, we're just meandering our way through, throwing stuff out there. If you're a team that needs a quarterback, where do you look? That's my question. Let's throw that question out on social. On Twitter, After Hours CBS, on our Facebook page too. A lot of teams have lost quarterbacks or at least are looking at extended time without their starters. If you're a team that needs a quarterback, where do you look? Where do you go? Trade deadline is coming up. And certainly you can go the free agent route. But what do you do right now? Who I like that question. Okay, so on Twitter, on our Facebook page, and then our phone number is 855-212-4227. Put yourself in the shoes of a general manager, a VP of football operations. If you need a quarterback, where do you look? Jay, what do you think? You kind of yeah. do need a quarterback. So where do you look?
1: Yeah, we kind of do need one. Uh, we have well, one that can't just, throw. Did you drop
2: a wee on me?
1: I did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I don't want to be part of that. So maybe I won't do that anymore.
2: Do you reach out to, well, the, the Patriots aren't going to give up Bailey Zabby, but do you reach out to the Niners? Not, not sorry, that not. I keep thinking Niners and Jimmy Garoppolo still. It's weird for me that he's with the Raiders. Do you reach out to the Titans? They've got three quarterbacks. <laughs> do you reach out to the Raiders because they've got Jimmy G and Brian Hoyer slash Aiden O'Connell? They're probably Hoyer's not going to give up O'Connell, but maybe Hoyer's available.
1: I mean, just if you're, if you're another team and Tyrod Taylor is able to come back from this rib injury and the Giants are now two and six and not looking at the playoffs anymore, do you reach out for Tyrod Taylor? Hmm.
2: Yeah, this is, a, this is a conundrum for teams that think that they still have a shot. You don't want to bring in a rookie or someone young. You need someone with experience who can step in, which is why Kirk Cousins was was rumored and reportedly the object of the Jets' desires, though that clearly didn't happen and, and won't now. Okay, well, that's a question. I'm not 32. Do you reach out for Josh Dobbs? Although uh, Kyler Murray seemingly is not ready because they're going with Dobbs again in week nine. Uh, That's the report out there. I'm not 32. (laughs) Well, right now we're down to about 64. We're beyond. We might be looking at number 70, Cam. Are you number 70? (laughs) All right. Twitter, Facebook, phone number again, 855-212-4227. Coming up, the Bengals have found their zone. They found their zen and their zone, and the Niners... It's the complete opposite. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
1: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast.
0: They're going phony again. Purdy in the gun. Mitchell to his right. McCaffrey to his left. First and goal. Two-yard line. Kittle goes in motion right this time. Hand off to McCaffrey. Takes it right down to the goal line. He does his thing again. Touchdown, CMC.
1: Detonating 17 times in a row. That's going to tie the NFL record. It's a good enough lead block from Elijah Mitchell, and CMC will not be denied. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
2: Christian McCaffrey with two more touchdowns in week eight. And, yes, ties the NFL record. Did you see him fake the spike and then hold on to the football? Because it is precious, and this is another large milestone. And if the Niners are going to right the ship, they are going to need him to be large and in charge. He's definitely part of the solution, not the problem. Just a side note. Do you remember last year before they traded – with the Panthers to bring in Christian McCaffrey, they were three and four. The Niners going into their bye week last year were three and four. And once they had to switch to Brock Purdy at quarterback, we know they rattled off a bunch of wins. They ran the table until the NFC championship. So, where does the help come from this year since they already have Christian and they already have Brock? And Brock would right now would say that he's part of the problem. it's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports radio if you're a team that needs a quarterback where do you look trade deadline comes up on Tuesday afternoon what do you do right now especially if you still have hopes and aspirations for winning on Twitter after hours CBS or my Twitter a law radio plus our Facebook page. this is the most important game. Slash win of the season for Cincinnati. And the Bengals never trailed in the Bay Area. Even though Christian McCaffrey had that 17th consecutive game with a touchdown, this was really more about Joe Burrow looking like the Joe Burrow that we have become accustomed to. He was actually do you see how much he was on the move on Sunday? He was moving around, he was scrambling, he was an extending, he was extending plays, he was even running a few times himself. Joe Burrow looks like he's completely comfortable post-calf injury. And they have back-to-back touchdown drives in the first quarter. And honestly, the Bengals could have led by a lot more at the break had it not been for a missed field goal and a fumble to wrap up the first half. So credit the Bengals because they knew they had to come out strong against that Niners defense, and they did. Now, it was a slower start to the second half, but Brock Purdy's turnovers are the issue in the second half. Back-to-back passes, not back-to-back possessions, although that would be accurate. Back-to-back passes picked off by the Bengals. Jermaine Pratt reaches up this big paw and snags a ball away in the red zone. Wow, it's almost like Purdy had no idea he was there. He was trying to pass through him, but Pratt made an incredible one-handed grab. And then Logan Wilson kind of piling on Very next, very next pass attempt for Purdy. And so Cincinnati clearly in the zone again. But if you are the Bengals and (laughs) you're trying to win on the road, it's not just about what you're doing. It's also about the opportunities that your defense gives you, like the takeaways.
0: First and 10 from the 17, Burrow. Fakes a pass to the right, throws toward the got end zone. Him. Chase yeah. with an over-the-shoulder yeah. catch. Touchdown! Oh, Bengals, baby. and he does a backflip in the back of the end zone. Instead of the gritty, he made like an Olympic gymnast and did a flying backflip to celebrate his touchdown. One fifty-three to go at the Bengals, 26. Purdy back to throw. Here comes oh. Hendrickson. He's got him. The ball's nice. out. B.J. Hill recovers. No penalty flag this time, and that'll do it.
1: Unreal. Trey Henderson with another strip sack. Oh. And Trey Hendrickson celebrating. And, man, you talk about a guy with a gut check. Trey Hendrickson playing compromised physically is still tough to handle.
2: Ooh, Dave Lappo. speaking of playing hurt and playing compromised physically, a bit of a horse situation going on there. Dan Hoard, Dave Lapham on Bengals Radio. Before that, Niners Radio with Greg Papa. So the Cincinnati defense has three takeaways. The Jamar Chase touchdown comes after a Brock Purdy interception. They also sack Purdy a couple of times. And Cincinnati just looks more fluid. Burrow has three touchdowns. And the defense played extremely well. So we had talked about this last week. It's not just the fact that the Bengals were trying to string together wins, and this was such an incredible, incredibly important gauge for them. But that the defense has played really well, even when the offense has not. Three losses in a row for the Niners. So they fall to five and three. And are you ready for this? They're no longer in first place in the NFC West. Wow. So the Bengals are four and three, as are the Steelers and the Browns in the AFC North. Oh my gosh. Behind the Ravens, the Ravens keep the pedal to the metal. Uh, Another great performance for them in the red zone specifically. I wouldn't say that they were tremendous the entire game, but they were able to get the victory and stay ahead of the rest of the AFC North. So we'll look at the Seahawks and Browns coming up next. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.